0: Hey guys, it's Betty with Eye Specialty Group. Um, this morning, we are going to have a conversation with Dr. Chris Brown. Dr. Brown is one of our retina specialists, and he is going to, I know, educate me and hopefully our listeners on how sickle cell affects the retina.
1: Hi, Betty. How are you today? Good. So one of the things that, that we have discussed talking about during uh, one of these mm-hmm. uh, shows is sickle cell,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And sickle cell is a disorder that's, that's quite prominent in, in our community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a disorder that can uh, affect the eye, so that's why we wanted to talk about it. Um, sickle cell is a, it's a hereditary um, group of diseases, so it runs in families. And it's a, a disorder that is known as what we call a hemoglobinopathy. Hemoglobinopathy is um, a, a difficulty with the hemoglobin that someone finds in their red blood cells. Hemoglobin is a a protein that's found in, in red blood cells that mm-hmm. transports oxygen. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm here talking about the eye or talking about the retina. Mm-hmm. However, hemoglobin would... Mm-hmm. Um, be transported to every organ in our body, and when someone has sickle cell, it's a it's a spectrum of disorder. So it doesn't just sickle cell doesn't just affect the eyes; it affects multiple right. organs. But here today, we're going to be talking about the eye.
0: Right, right.
1: So when we talk about the disease state of of sickle cell, it's a it's a disorder that's it's found um, quite commonly in the African American population, and also in, the, in people who are of Mediterranean descent. However, in the african-american population there's there are people that that are known as sickle cell trait carriers and sickle cell trait is found in about eight percent of the population now just because someone has a trait doesn't necessarily mean that they would manifest the disease Mm -hmm. however if you put two people who are trait carriers together Mm -hmm. then their offspring could manifest the disease and having sickle cell disease occurs in about 0.4% of the population. So, you know, these, these numbers may sound somewhat small, but when you're talking about 8%, that's 8 people out of 100. So when mm-hmm. you put a population together, that's, that's quite a, a, mm-hmm. a large number of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so how does this manifest? Well, you know, someone could have, um, and, and we all may have known of someone who might have had sickle cell um, disease and develops um, sickle cell yeah. crises. So when we talk about um, a disorder of the protein that carries oxygen to an end organ, if there's a difficulty with that protein or if there's a, that protein is somewhat denatured, it's not going to carry oxygen to an end organ as well. So that's going to result in in um, poor oxygenation of that end organ, any organ, you know, or, mm-hmm. or the yeah. eye specifically. Yeah. Um, when we talk about poor oxygenation, that that means that the 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 technical terms are hypoxia, meaning getting you know less oxygen to a tissue, or ischemia, which means less blood flow. So you yeah, get ischemia, yes. poor blood flow, that mm-hmm. leads to poor oxygenation, mm-hmm. and that in, leads to tissue damage and pain and so forth, which is how we end up with um, pain and a sickle cell crisis. Mm-hmm. When it when it comes to the eye. We, a lot of the disorders of the, of the eye have to do with um, upregulation of a signal that allows more blood vessels to grow in an eye. This is called VEG-F, or vascular endothelial growth factor. Mm-hmm. So you get poor oxygenation in your eye. Your body upregulates VEG-F to try to make more blood vessels. Mm-hmm in the eye because the body's trying to get right. more blood flow
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and these blood vessels end up causing a lot of issues in the eye um, and, and we find this through many disease states within, within retina um, however sickle cell just happens to be one of them mm-hmm. so when you get an upregulation regulation of these blood vessels or blood, poor blood flow in the, in the back of the eye that can cause people to have Bleeding mm-hmm. and cause people to have loss of vision and that can lead to retinal detachments more Importantly because that's sort of the the end stage of, of the disease, but more importantly you can end up having um, someone who has sickle cell and Things are going fine in their eyes until they have trauma. All right, you have a, a child who's yeah. playing yeah. basketball they may not necessarily have been having sickle cell crises, right. but they have um, the the genetic disposition, they get hit in the eye, yeah. and then that can kind of cause the yeah. cycle of, of, of events that can lead to um, more poor oxygenation, mm-hmm. hypoxia, more yes. ischemia, and then they start to have sure. uh, a spiraling event that causes them to lose vision.
0: Is it... The- can it? Does it occur on its own, or do you have to have a trauma well, to the retina well, in order to trigger Well, I think,
1: it? I think you know, trauma is is a common thing, especially in a younger population, mm-hmm. right? Because they're in school, they're in sports, they right. you know things happen. However, um, it's something that can just happen on its own. If mm-hmm. someone if someone has um, sickle cell disease, and there's a there's a spectrum of, of um, disorders within the, the sickle cell spectrum. I mean, we won't go into, mm-hmm. into all of those, but we've kind of talked about trait carriers. Um, but there's different uh, genotypes, right? Mm-hmm. So people can, can have um, sickle cell, like the SS disposition, or they could have a SC genotype. And so these are basically two genes coming together. People can also have um, sickle beta thal, okay? And I know that without getting too technical, um, these are all just different genotypes of sickle cell that can affect people in in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. So when someone has a certain genotype, those things could, could just happen. Yeah. Typically, it doesn't happen to someone who's a trait carrier, right? Those are those right. are the that eight percent of the population that, right. that we've talked about. How and someone who has a trait carrier, they could have need to have an inciting event.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: can have um, a, an event that causes them to have poor blood flow or poor oxygenation to begin with. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, being at high altitude or the changes of the pH in their eye, like with trauma. So does that answer your question? Is what it your
0: does. Question? So high altitude is interesting. So Hi. you could go on vacation. You could go snowboarding with your family. And just and that you've never had
1: an issue yeah. before when you're at sea level and then you go on, yeah. on vacation with your family and that's yeah. when you start to notice some of these, these problems.
0: And what would the symptoms be?
1: So in, in your eye, per se, um, and usually in your eye, it's a, it's a slower process than what we know about of a, like mm-hmm. a regular sickle cell mm-hmm. crisis where people start to have pain and joints and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pain entity. In your eye, usually it takes a, a little longer of a period of time. But those, the, in those entities, you would end up having decreased vision. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be pain,
0: no pain. But it,
1: okay. it, it could be loss of vision, and then eventually um, bleeding in the eye, and then that will eventually will lead to a retinal detachment. So that's over long periods of time.
0: Okay, so I'm just curious if it, something were to happen, and I, I'm a mom, and my child had an eye injury. You know, and what would would that um, if a trauma happens to the eye? Does that patient start to see things kind of? immediately or is that still a gradual progression so
1: so I'm, I'm glad you you touched upon that because that's probably the the more um, important event mm-hmm. that we'd like to talk about with, yeah. with sickle cell because you, you're a mom you have a uh, a child mm-hmm. who has a trauma um, and they go in to be treated yeah. for that for that trauma and they have a, an underlying um, uh, sickle cell disorder mm-hmm. um, so, someone comes in after a trauma and say they have a, an elevated pressure. Usually, you would, you would treat this person to try to bring their pressure down. However, if you treat somebody with sickle cell the way you would regularly treat some uh, anyone else within within the de- disease or within the population with that for that trauma, mm-hmm. um, you can.
0: And when you say pressure, you mean pressure in the eye.
1: Yeah, elevated Y'all pressure did in Y'all do a little test to show. We do a test in their in their eye.
0: What's normal and what's high?
1: Well, so normal that that gets kind of into a convoluted um, uh, process. However, you know, there's a range mm-hmm. of okay. normal pressures throughout a, a, a community, and then there are some people who are who are outliers. Those outliers could have a, what we think will be an elevated pressure. However, that pressure may be somewhat normal for that person. Okay. However, when you when you have a trauma, that range could be way off the charts. Okay. Okay. And typically, would give someone a medication in, t- in order to bring them within
2: normal range.
1: The, the normal range or the, within that bell curve.
2: hmm Um.
1: In doing so, when you would treat someone with um intraocular uh, pressure-lowering medications, mm-hmm. uh, giving someone with sickle cell the same type of medication that you would give some a normal person in the community, you could worsen their ischemia or the pH inside their eye and set off a, a cycle of events that leads to more ischemia. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, um, hypoxia is, is poor blood flow. Ischemia, mm-hmm. er, I'm sorry, hypoxia is poor oxygenation. Mm-hmm. Um is ischemia is poor blood flow mm-hmm. so you put these give them these medications mm-hmm. as to someone who already has poor oxygenation and poor blood flow and you make the oxygenation and mm-hmm. the blood flow even Just worse compounding it, yeah. yeah so when someone has trauma or they have or you notice that, that they um, have blood in their eye and and the, basically the sequela of, of that trauma. It's important, especially if this patient is of Mediterranean descent or of African-American descent, to first find out if they are a sickle cell trait carrier or if they have sickle cell um, in and of itself so that you can d- uh, determine your treatment pathway.
0: And do you do that by gathering their health history, or is there a test if they don't know that you can order to determine that? Yeah, so
1: that's a very, that's a very important question because... Um, you know, this day and age, when, when babies are born, they are tested um, for a, There's a right. number of tests, that are, yeah. a battery of tests that are done. And one of those is to test to determine if they have sickle cell. However, your mom may not always remember yeah. <laughs> what no. tests were positive or, yeah. what, or what things were negative. So if someone is um, African-American especially, it's yeah. important to, to do some testing to determine if this person has okay. sickle cell or any type of sickle cell trait. So basically mm-hmm. they, they do a test, it's called hemoglobin electrophoresis, to assess what um, uh, type of hemoglobins are found right. within this patient's blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll, you'll get that battery of tests and de- determine at that mm-hmm. point um Based off of what you find in their in their blood, if that person is a sickle cell trait carrier, if the person has sickle cell mm-hmm. uh, disease, and you kind of figure out the genotype, whether it's S C sickle beta
0: Yeah, and you get that when you order that test. You get all those results back, those and then you move forward you on your test. treatment plan. Yeah. So now you know. Now say, you know. Now you know.
1: That this person has sickle cell disease. Yeah. Now I'm not going to treat them with things that are going to cause more right. blood flow and oxygenation problems however anybody else this will be your first line of defense because that's how you would get mm-hmm. a, a more uh, accurate or mm-hmm. a lower intraocular pressure in them.
0: so how do you treat them
1: so the way we, we, we treat somebody especially if they have a trauma and blood in the in their eye known as a hyphema um, we would treat them by one giving you can give someone pills that's going to have of the most dramatic effect in lowering the, okay. the, the pressure um, and the, Without getting too technical, these pills are, are known as carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, and those are really the ones that we're worried about um, giving to a patient that has sickle cell. You give it to somebody in the normal population, you'll be able to get a, a lower um, pressure reduction. You give it to someone with sickle cell, yeah. you're going to end Compounded. up having, you're yeah. have a, a whole host of events that, that could turn the right. worse. Um, so outside of the, those pills, and you start to treat someone with, with topical mm. drops... You put drops in in their eyes. Now, granted, there's carbonic anhydrase inhibitors that are in in the drop form as well, so you want to avoid those in someone with a sickle cell. Um, But you can give a whole host of of drops to lower someone's intraocular pressure. If your intraocular pressure doesn't lower with with those mechanisms, then you can move on to um, uh, other modalities like surgery and so forth. You want to try to avoid surgery in a sickle cell patient mm-hmm. because as soon as right. you cut the eye, you're going to cause a blood flow yeah. issue. All right. Um, and so that, I think that kind of sums it up in a, in a nutshell. When we talk about the retina, um, the retina is, a, is, an, is an area where I, the majority of my day is spent treating patients right. trying to um, create a balance of blood flow and oxygenation in their eye. We can we can treat patients who have sickle cells, just like many of these other disease states, with injections. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I, I think in the beginning of this podcast we talked about um, the upregulation of um, vascular endothelial growth factor, or VEGF, when we give injections in the in the eye to treat blood vessel growth, okay. um, or um, or the problems that blood vessel growth causes in the back of the eye. Mm-hmm. We are treating patients with an anti-VEGF
2: mm-hmm. um, medication,
1: okay? So, mm-hmm. VEGF is upregulated mm-hmm. in the back of the eye, in, in hypoxic states or poor oxygenation mm-hmm. and poor blood flow states, your body increases this mm-hmm. vascular endothelial growth factor. We put a medication in your eye to counteract that upregulation of mm-hmm. vascular endothelial growth factor, and studies have shown that injections of anti-VEGF medications um, can prevent and even reverse the problems with oxygenation.
0: Wow. That's something.
1: So that that's the, I w- want to say that's the, one of the most common w- ways to treat that. However, you can also um, treat it, which is very effective, with laser. So when someone has poor blood flow in in the back of their eye, especially someone who has sickle cell, um, studies have shown that lasering sort of the mm-hmm. anterior areas of, of the resina or basically the the area that is the the border between well perfused retina or, or retina that is getting good blood flow mm-hmm. and the area that's getting poor blood flow. Mm-hmm. If you treat those areas of poor blood flow mm-hmm. right before that area where the border mm-hmm. is, you can preserve the areas that are that are receiving the good blood flow. And
0: that's what you're doing with, when you what do, what do a laser, laser treatment. Yeah. Do you do that in office, in your surgery center?
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's that's an uh, it's a procedure. So the injections can take place uh-huh. directly in the office. Uh-huh. The laser takes place in, in my surgery center, mm-hmm. but you know you can have a laser in the clinic as well. Yeah, but well. it's pretty non
0: invasive. Yeah, this is this it's is like an outpatient procedure. Right, not right. a big deal. Right, not a big deal. Um.
1: So a patient will come in, we, I determine if they need lasers and so yeah. forth, and then I take them over to my to my laser suite. Like oh,
0: just a quick treatment. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those procedures where you, you have laser, and then when the laser is done, you're walking out of my office 10 minutes later.
0: And will they see an increase or, you know, an improvement vision after one laser treatment or is it something you have, need to do in a series?
1: So the, so the to, purpose of laser is not necessarily to improve vision but It's to, the purpose of the laser is to try to prevent, prevent you from them. having vision right, right. loss due to the problems that the poor blood flow right. um, would have over time. Right. So once you have laser your vision should not be Changed the purpose of the laser is to pre- pre- preserve mm-hmm. your vision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for later. So you sh- your vision should be exactly the same as it, as it yeah. is right now. Yeah, and hopefully you're coming into the office, or we're, we're catching your um, disease states early enough that vision loss can be prevented. Usually, when someone has trauma, they've already got some vision loss, um, especially if they have blood fl- blood in the mm-hmm. back in the front of their eye, like a hyphema. Yeah. Um, or if people, sometimes people just notice um, flashes in the back of their, in their vision. And I look in the back of the mm-hmm. eye and say, oh, there's a, some abnormal blood vessel growth, which is going to cause you problems down the road. We need to get this treated. Mm-hmm. One of the treatment modalities for that could be laser. Okay. And one of the treatment modalities for that could also be um, in, injections. Um, sometimes w- when you have that abnormal blood vessel growth, it has already progressed to the point that it is pulling your, the retina off. It is causing what we call a retinal detachment, mm-hmm. and in those instances, patients who have retinal detachment will sometimes require surgery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the surgery is also on an outpatient uh, basis. However, that's a little more involved than just coming into the office and getting an injection or getting a laser. Right.
0: Right. So, um, I've learned a lot, and I've. I've I think it's very interesting how you can kind of stop the progression of the disease if there's been a trauma to the back of the eye due to having sickle cell being that, not the trait, but the person that actually carries it, correct?
1: Correct. So people who are trait carriers can have um, ocular manifestations of of sickle cell as well. However, it usually has to be um, a, a... some type of event, Mm -hmm. right? Usually, if if a person with sickle cell... trait Now, don't get me wrong, they could have an issue as well. I mean, it's just more rare than someone who has SC disease Mm -hmm. or someone who has sickle-beta-thal disease. In fact, people who are SS um, or the homozygous Mm -hmm. state of of sickle cell have less frequent retinal manifestations than those other entities. However, um, the... Someone has, who has uh, is a trait carrier, they usually just don't pop up with um, ocular manifestations of, of the disease unless they have had. It's more common mm-hmm. for them to have an inciting event like a trauma yeah. or
0: mm-hmm. something's got to trigger it. Yeah, yeah. or
1: they lived at high altitude for a very right, long right. time and they didn't know they had they had trait. You know, the problems in the ba- in the back of the eye usually are aren't going to come about from just a trauma. Mm-hmm. Those are things that can just kind of pop up because someone has sickle cell disease.
0: What percentage of your practice or how many do you think you see uh, patients um, with sickle cell and have issues? And is and is it due to you, do you think, um, you know, our geographic area? Is there anything that you feel like you might see more of? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so that uh, that's a very uh, important question, I, I think, because within my practice is somewhat different than practices throughout this country mm-hmm. simply because of the geographic location of where we are and the demographics of, of Memphis as a whole. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in an area where there's, th- there's not a large amount of um, people of the Mediterranean population, mm-hmm. but there's a, a larger African-American population. Um, and this is a disease entity that's quite um, frequent and prominent in the, in the African-American uh, population. So I, I see um, a lot of patients who have uh, sickle cell within my practice simply because of where, where we are. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I um, have worked in other locations, I didn't see sickle cell as um, or sickle cell eye manifestations as, as frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the other thing about where we are is that, you know, you can, if you have someone who has sickle cell or sickle cell trait and you compound that with some of the other disease states that we find in this community, like high blood pressure, also known as hypertension, or diabetes, you know, now you're taking other Factors,
2: disease yeah. states
1: that also have poor blood flow or poor oxygenation, and you're compounding that with another disease like sickle cell that mm-hmm. causes poor yeah. oxygenation, and now it, you've kind of got a, a, a big issue. Do, auto,
0: do autoimmune um, diseases affect... What if someone is maybe has the trait or... Um, and they have autoimmune issues? Is that also another compounding factor?
1: So anything that can cause blood flow problems can exacerbate the blood flow issues of sickle cell if that that makes sense so one of the things that I was trying to um, touch on with my previous comment was that you know we're in an area that has um, a high incidence Mm -hmm. of diabetes Mm -hmm. well you you take diabetes and you, you take sickle cell and you put those together in the same person yeah. The, those their issues or, or their um, uh, manifestations of the disease whether it's diabetes or sickle cell yeah. is going to be yeah you know exponentially mm-hmm. um, worse than someone who just has diabetes and is very well controlled or uh, compared to someone who's mm-hmm. just a, a trait carrier if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense I'm not sure if I've explained that so well however the point is is that any disease state that can cause one to have, blood flow throughout throughout mm-hmm. their body it could be peripheral vascular disease mm-hmm. right um, is going to compound the effects of their of sickle retinopathy if mm-hmm. that person already is manifesting that in their eye
0: mm-hmm. why don't you uh, you did a great job explaining that and I appreciate it can you tell our listeners the different locations that you see patients out of and then how they could call and schedule an appointment with you sure
1: thing so I, I go to a number of our offices um, throughout the area. I, I have an, an office on, in East Memphis on the, the, the what we call the Poplar location. That's at 5350 Poplar Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the ninth floor of, of, of that building. In addition to that, I have an office over in South Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, and my South Haven location is 7600 Airways. Mm-hmm. And I also see patients in our Collierville location. Um, The collier relocation is is associated with the physician office buildings.
0: Mm -hmm. Right um, there by the hospital. Right right by
1: Baptist, which is across from Schilling Farms. That's popular as well.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Well, thank you, Dr. Brown. We appreciate you. And if you uh, want to learn more about Dr. Brown, you can check him out on our website at ispecialtygroup.com.